Welcome to the show. Here's my dad. On this episode of the Infinite Adoption Guide podcast, we talk about how to strengthen your marriage before, during, and after you adopt. Hey everyone, welcome to the Infinite Adoption Guide Podcast. My name is Tim Elder. I've, uh, I'm a dad of three through Infinite Adoption. This is where we talk all about Infinite Adoption, where you get inspiration, resources, and hope. As you start on that adventure, you're thinking about 24-7. That is building your family through adoption. And thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, we have a great show as always. Our guest on the show today is Kimberly Holmes. She is a relationship expert, CEO of Marriage Helper at marriagehelper.com which is a great website. Uh, man, if you ever have issues in your marriage or you just want to strengthen your marriage, uh, they do some incredible work and have some great articles, videos, um, podcast coaching courses, tons of stuff on their website about how to help your marriage along. And especially as you go through the adoption journey. And that's what we're going to talk about today. All sorts of things to help you before, during, and after you adopt because they're all three important parts of the adoption journey. I mean, my wife and I have certainly uh, dealt with that through the ups and downs of three adoptions. I mean, there's it's a challenge you know, going through the adoption journey, and, and there, it seems like nothing ever really goes perfectly smooth. So you got to be prepared for that. And you have to, as we talk about in the interview, be a team and support each other and get each other, have each other's back. So we're going to talk about all that on today's show with Kimberly. And before we do that, I wanted to invite you to get some additional adoption support. So if you are alone or you feel like you're alone on this journey and you feel like you nobody around you has adopted and you don't even know where to begin, or maybe you've started and you're just you need some hope, you need some inspiration, you need you have questions that you'd like to get answered, or just talk to somebody else who's in going on the same journey as you go to our Facebook support group. And this is a private group. I'm the admin. I will let you in after asking you just a few quick questions, but it's only for people who want to adopt. So you're safe in this, in this environment. You can ask questions. You can um, just watch and, and see what the other questions are, are being asked and just a safe place for you to get support and just learn more about adoption. So you can go to our Facebook page at the top of the page, infiniteadoptionguide.com, and you'll see our Facebook group where you can join right there. And let's get into that interview with Kimberly Holmes right now. Okay, our guest on the show today is Kimberly Holmes. She is a relationship expert and CEO of Marriage Helper. She has applied her master's degree in psychology for over 10 years as she helps couples strengthen their relationships during the adoption process. And she has adopted two children of her own siblings, actually, from India, and she loves to help and inspire others to adopt. So welcome, Kimberly, to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Tim. Absolutely. Great topic because we get a lot of folks asking about, um, especially before they adopt, you know, making sure they're on the same page, making sure their spouse is on the same page. But it is so critical talking about during the adoption process and then even after the adoption process, how can we strengthen our marriage, strengthen our relationships with each other as we're going through this stuff? Because it's easy to get lost in it and it's easy to, especially as uh, a child shows up in your first child, uh, how it, it can you can lose sight of the fact that, wait a minute, we need to work on our marriage still. So I love that we're talking about it. And I want you to first though explain or share with us your adoption story and what led you to adoption. Mm, yeah. I know you can't do well, that in about 30 seconds or less. Right? I know. I, so <laughs> we're all right. I can do this. Yes. Well, 
my husband and I, we always knew we wanted to adopt. Um, literally the week that we started dating was the same week that I had gotten home from India from a mission trip and being at an orphanage, orphanage there for a month. And so I literally on our first date said to him, just so you know, one day I will be adopting from India. So if you are not interested in that, we don't need to even continue this relationship. And it's kind of funny looking back at that, that I said that on our first date, but also that it's something that was true. So we always knew it was going to happen. We always talked about it. Um, and so then about seven, eight years into our marriage, he had finally gotten out of the military and we started, we started the process and every part of it was hard, was amazing. I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about my faith and just saw God move in ways I never thought possible. And ultimately we brought home our kids. They've been home for two years now and they are the greatest blessings. But I will say that our marriage was definitely tested, not just during the adoption process with different desires and wants and, and talking about parenting, which we had never talked about before, but even after bringing them home, when then our differences in parenting styles really came out and how we were raised and we had to really learn how to get on the same page as each other and not be against each other in how we parent. Because we know when we look at research and we look at what makes really great parents, it's parents who have a really great marriage. And that marriage being a marriage, not where they have to agree on everything, but where they learn to respect each other and compromise and and hold that hold that that face so to say going into the room with the kids so they're always on each other's team they're always having the parents have each other's back that's what makes a really strong marriage and ultimately a very strong family yeah absolutely did you get some of that parenting stuff out of the way or at least talked about during your home study because i know a lot of us going through the adoption process you have you have to get a lot of hard questions asked to you about mm -hmm. who you are how you're going to parent and all those things because uh that's what the social worker wants to know in order to complete your home study did you do some of that yeah oh we for sure did but i can tell you that there's a difference in answering those questions <laughs> without a kid, without having kids yet yeah. versus when you finally bring the kids home and you're tired and you're working and you're busy and you're stressed and the kids have these needs, it, it, it definitely changes. Yeah. And so our biggest thing, I think one of the biggest things that we uh, have disagreed on, this is going to sound crazy, but it's probably what we feed them. So I'm very like, vegetables, fruits, like only the healthy foods. And my husband <laughs> definitely gives them way more treats than I do. And I don't know that that's something that came up in, in our home study. Um, if it did, then I'm sure both of us were like, oh, you know, whole grains brought right, like all of the perfect foods to feed the children. And then in the reality, you're like, oh, there's pop tarts at the store and they're crying for them. And so that's what we'll yeah, there's some lunchables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some lunchables. It's easy. It's so much easier. <laughs> yep, yep. I can see how that would change it. Uh, it certainly did for us too. Yeah, you're right. It's going through the home study thing is is answering questions that yeah uh, you don't want to. You're not gonna lie, but you're certainly gonna try to put your best thoughts forward uh, as you answer. Right, those questions. the ideal self. You put yeah, your you ideal know. self <laughs> forward. The part that's not stressed or overwhelmed with life. So why do you think it's important? I mean, I think we already touched on it a little bit here. Why how, Why is it important for spouses to be on the same page? I mean, and do they have to agree on everything 
when they consider adopting? Mm. It's important for spouses to be, mm, I even hesitate to stay on the same page. I would say it's important for spouses to listen to each other and understand where the other person is coming from, even if they never get on the same page or 100% agree. So, and the reason because of that is because in our marriages, we are always going to be two people with different opinions, different interests, different backgrounds and upbringing. And so we're never going to going to 100% agree on everything. And that's actually healthy. That actually when done correctly is what makes a stronger relationship going forward. So when we look at some of the research that comes out of what Gottman has done from the university of Washington, Gottman's a very famous researcher in the term or in marriage. What he has found is that most couples will never agree on the most distressing issues in their marriage. So another way to say that is the things that they keep fighting about, things that are continue to be issues, they're never going to just change their minds and all of a sudden agree on the best thing to do and, the, and be on the exact same page with it. And they're not necessarily, you don't have to. In order to have a great marriage, you don't have to agree about that. But instead, what is important is that you listen to each other, you respect each other, and you learn to compromise. I was doing a podcast interview last week and the, the girl interviewing me, she said, Ooh, when you said compromise, that just made me real angry. I don't like compromise because that means I'm not going to get what I want or what I think I need. To which I replied to her and I said, then the way that you have done compromise in your past has been wrong mm -hmm. because compromise is where both people get their core needs, their non-negotiables is another way to say it, to be as small as possible, but you don't give them up. You stand firm on those. This is exactly what I need. But then you make your area outside of those non-negotiables as big as possible. So you make that flexibility circle as large as you can. And then you find the overlap in what are your core issues and needs? What are your husband's or wife's core issues and needs? And then how can you get both of those met while being as flexible as possible? So it's not about just giving in. It's about saying, here's what's actually really important to me about this and how can we move forward in that? So going back real quick to, I mean, it, it is kind of a silly example, but this the example about the food, right? So my core issue is, I know, especially with my kids, and I'm sure many of the kids here or the kids of the parents listening, they didn't have great nutritional upbringing, my kids for the first two and four years of their life. And so I know just for them to be able to develop and move forward in life and get the best quote unquote advantage that they can possible, they need really great nutrition. And I'm, I have a, bad, a big health mindset and, and background and all those things. So all those things really matter to me. But my 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 core issue is not, I want them to eat fruits and vegetables every single meal of the day. If I were to try and get that as small as possible, I would say, I want to know that our kids are getting um, at least two meals a day of high quality foods and you know whatever I would define those to be. My husband's core issue in it is, of course, he's not saying I don't want them to eat healthy foods. I only want them to eat junk food. But his core issue is I want to share with them the things that I enjoyed when I was a kid. 
And so I want to to have the Pop-Tarts on a Saturday morning or donuts on a Saturday morning and have those treats that are fun and share that with them. And so when we get to down to what our actually our core needs are, then we're not going to fight every time a meal time comes around. Instead, we get into that balance of, okay, so how do we compromise? We eat 80% healthy foods and another 20% of fun treats and, and junk foods just to have fun with. So that's how we start learning to compromise. Now, of course, the bigger issues in our life, like maybe discipline or even just talking about in your marriage, how you make time for each other, even when the kids are needing you, all of those things, you would take that same approach, but you, the bottom line of it is you find that compromise area. What are your non-negotiables? And, or you find the non-negotiables, and then you try and make yourself as flexible as possible in order that both of you get your needs met. Yeah, I love that. I and mean, that can help us before, during, and after we adopt. And I think at the core mm-hmm. of all that is being able to communicate well, because if you don't be able to communicate your core, then you're really going to struggle because you're not going to know what each other's core is. So, yeah, the, the communication. Absolutely. And everybody knows that about in a relationship, right? you got to always have good communication, and that's, I think, they're going to be the thread throughout this whole conversation is, is yeah. good communication. So what if you do, and, and we run into this all the time, if, if one spouse isn't quite ready to adopt or all the way ready to adopt, maybe one is like all in and the other is like, I'm, I'm dragging my feet a little bit. Do you, what kind of advice do you have for them? Mm-hmm. This was us. I was a hundred percent ready. And my husband yep. was, know about that. So for me, especially having the the background that I have in relationships and marriage and, and all of that, I knew that an issue like this, you can't force. Ideally, you don't want to be a spouse in a relationship that forces any issue, but especially one that's life-changing, mm-hmm. you you don't want to just try and get your way. You don't want to manipulate your spouse into it because eventually that will lead back to resentment. So then the question becomes, then how do you? How do you share that something is very important to you, to your spouse, and then, again, compromise or work through what the next steps are for that? So ideally, with couples, they will build a foundation of trust and a foundation of positive communication over a period of months, a period of years that allows for us to have that foundation, to use the word again, when things like big issues like this, like adoption come up to where both of you feel heard. But the way that you get there is that you show your spouse that you are a safe place to listen to their feelings. So if if your spouse comes to you and they want to do something big, Let's take it out of the realm of adoption. Let's say they want to quit their job and start a new job. So a lot of times people respond out of that with fear and out of their fear, it sounds like anger or criticism or contempt. How do you think that's a good idea? There's no way you can do that. Why would you put our family through that kind of drama, through that kind of insecurity, through those unknowns? And so that ends up leading to this negative cycle of communication that we can have in our relationships, where then when other things start to come up, we expect backlash. We expect our spouse to not be on our side. We expect for there to not be the amount of support that we want there to be. And so then when something like adoption comes up, 
it can be difficult to really listen to each other because the other things in your life that haven't been as important, maybe one or both spouses haven't felt listened to. Maybe they've felt judged. Maybe they've felt criticized. Maybe they felt like their spouse hasn't been on their team. And so then when a big issue comes up like this, it's not going to make the communication easier. It's only going to add more stress and pressure to it. So what I would encourage couples to do is look at every other area of your life that you're communicating and ask yourself, because we can only control ourselves. We can't control what our spouse does. Ask yourself, am I listening to my spouse? Am I showing that I support them? Even if I don't necessarily agree. So there's a way to support your spouse and, and ask questions to gain further understanding without telling your spouse that it's a terrible idea or they're wrong, or you can't believe that they would even consider that. Um, and that's what we want to do. We want to build that positive communication by listening to each other, truly listening to each other and showing your spouse that you're listening by continuing to ask questions of why that's important to them, how, why they think that all of those things. So when it comes to adoption, if you have a spouse that's not on board, instead of continuing to berate your point of here's why I'm ready, here's why, why won't you be on board? How could you do this? Don't you see how it's important, how important it is to me? Change the script and begin asking your spouse, what is causing the hesitation within you? What's going on within you? Tell me how you're feeling. Tell me what you're thinking and truly listen to your spouse because that's going to give you the, the connection that both of you need because both of you need to feel heard. But it's also going to help you see insight into where your spouse's head is, why, why this is an obstacle for them, what reasons they have for not wanting to move forward so that ideally it brings things to light that you can work through that then will put you on the same page so that when you do both agree to finally adopt, you will have made your communication better and you will support each other in what you're doing. Yeah, so when you're asking them questions, uh, it's probably good not to have a direct answer for. <laughs> so when they give you an answer, you're not going, "Well, what about this and what about that?" and and trying to play mm -hmm. your key your case there. It's it's probably better off. And you tell me, or you're the expert, but uh, I'm thinking if I'm asking my spouse what's the problem with or why they're having a hesitation about adoption, and then they tell me, I probably shouldn't respond to that. I should just let it sit. Do you agree with that or? I think it's a great yes unless the unless you have a really great communication already mm. you don't want your your spouse to feel like you are luring them into a trap yeah. <laughs> so yeah. definitely i love the definition of listening it's when you you know you're truly listening when you have not formulated a response back in your mind mm -hmm. by the time the person is done speaking so it's okay for there to be pause for you to simply say thank you for sharing that with me and not talk about it anymore that day. You can always come back to it tomorrow or next week, but don't force it. We tend to make our worst decisions in communication and our worst responses when we don't take time to pause and reflect and we try and have the conversation too quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. All right. Let's move into during the adoption journey. So Mm -hmm. Now we've already started the adoption journey. We're heading down the path. We know we're going to adopt. Um, what should, what challenges should couples watch out for? Especially, you know, there's going to be ups and downs during every adoption. And mm -hmm. what, what are those things that should we be looking out for that could affect our marriage? And then some ways that we can endure through those tough times. Mm-hmm. 
The biggest one that we experienced was both of us had differences in expectations. So I was the one who was, let's get this done as quick as possible. Let's move forward. I had more heightened emotion to every single step of it. So I had a whole lot more fear, anxiety, worry, just during the whole process. And my husband was insanely steady. Mm. He just, so to, to sometimes it felt to me like, do you not care? Do you? And I was putting that on him. He definitely didn't not care, but because he was acting so different than me, I didn't know how to interpret his reactions, but also it felt at times that he didn't understand or didn't try to understand where I was because we were just in two totally separate spaces. And so this goes back to what we were talking about before in a large part in terms of communication. So I, again, I said it before, I'll say it again. I can't control my husband. I can't control his reactions, even if they're not the reaction I would have. I can't control what he does, how he acts. I can't control any of that. I can only control myself. And so when I write a false narrative in my head about what he's doing, why he's doing it that way, I tend to only end up frustrated and it's never going to be the right picture. It's never going to be what he's actually thinking 100%. I might get 50% there, but it's never going to be 100% what he's thinking or what's going on with him. The only way that I can know that and that we can talk about it is through talking about it. So one of the things that we did, well, before I get to that, the other main thing that you'll experience during well, every area and stage of your life, but especially in something as, as crucial as going through an adoption is personality temperaments really start to show. So another reason that my husband was so steady during our adoption process is because that is his personality temperament. He's not the super emotional person. He's definitely the person that follows logic, that follows rules, that follows here's the plan. All we have to do is follow it. And he's totally cool with that. Whereas I'm more of the personality temperament of I'm going to worry about everything. I'm not organized. I don't follow the rules. Like None of that applies. <laughs> and so, and so if we didn't understand where, how we were just wired, we're just wired differently. And so once I remembered and realized the reason that he's so steady is because that's, that's him. There are strengths in him for being that steady. There are strengths in me for being as, as, this is going to sound crazy, but as anxious as I can be, it definitely propels me to do things. It propels me to prepare for things. And so we both have our strengths in those ways, but we shouldn't look to each other and only see the weaknesses. We should look to each other and see what is the strength that they bring to this. That That is... I don't know that I explained that the best way. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. You, you really need to know each other and what you bring to the table as you're going through your adoption process. That Yeah, that totally makes sense because we are different. And most likely anybody listening to this, you're going to have two different personalities, two different things that you're going to bring uh, to the table when you're going through your adoption journey. So yeah, if you focus on yeah. that rather than what are you not doing or what are, how come you're not seeing this exactly the way I'm seeing it? Well, that's because you are different. So I love the idea of thinking back on yourself and going, okay, how am I looking at this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And and it does, it will help you, at least it did in our situation, where we went through three adoptions and all three of them, we did bring different things to the table as far as how we saw things. And especially as you're going through these ups and downs, 
because mm-hmm. there probably is one of you that are more steady and one of the other that's more emotional and you're going to need that and to rely on each other as you go through those ups and downs to get through them. Yeah. So as you go, as couples are going yeah. through those ups and downs and they're enduring these tough times, what are some specific things that they may be able to do to, to keep their marriage strong? Like, is there certain actions that they can do? I mean, obviously communication, yes. But what else outside of that? Yeah. Well, let's talk about how to communicate. So yes, we say you communicate, do, you know, talk about things. But ideally, you want to be talking to each other about your daily life daily. So the way that you build strong communication is by doing it on a daily basis. So when your spouse comes home from work or comes down from the bonus room from work, however it works now, (laughs) you know, talk. You have to make the time to talk and not just about the stressful things in your life. Because that, if you only talk about stressful things, mortgages, taxes, kids, you know, the adoption process, then you're eventually going to get burnt out and not want to be talking to each other. You have to also have that positive communication. So be sure you're talking about fun things. Talk about dreams you have for your future. Talk about fun things that you want to do. Go out and do fun things. Try new hobbies together. Try new interests. Go to a new restaurant. Really be sure that you're investing in your relationship and ask each other questions. You never stop growing. You never stop learning. You never stop developing and changing as a person and neither does your spouse. So even if you feel like you know everything about them, you don't. Ask them questions about childhood, about what their favorite vacation was as a kid, you know, who was their best friend in high school. There's a ton of questions you can find online of questions to ask your spouse and just use those to connect, to have fun with each other and to have really positive communication. So that's one thing that you should do now, no matter where you are in the adoption process and a habit you should especially keep once the kids get home because you have to keep connecting and talking with each other. Another thing that couples can do if they're in that waiting process is, uh, I already said, continue to go on date nights, but even just really realizing that you have to make quantity time for each other. It's not just about 30 really quality minutes every Saturday night together. It's about how much quantity time with my phone down, with my eyes not looking at a screen, can I focus on my spouse? Eventually, when your kids come into the mix, that's something you have to incorporate there too. But the marriage has to be strong first. You have to be on each other's team. You have to work through things and really show each other that you care about each other, but you also have to spend really great time with each other. And another thing that you continue, you should continue to do during this time is to remember that why you're doing this, why you are bringing kids into your home, why you're wanting to adopt and never lose sight of that connection that both of you have in the vision of why you're wanting to do this, because that is what will get you through the hard times that you will surely experience. If it's not during the waiting process, then by the time that they get home, because adoption is beautiful and it definitely has its hard moments, just like marriage. Marriage is beautiful. It's amazing. It's the best, most intimate relationship that we can have with someone in our lives, but it's hard and it takes work, but you have to really prioritize that marriage relationship. Yeah, I can totally see that. I mean, now that our kids are getting a little bit older, even I can see the importance of, of 
of taking that time, the good quality time. And I love, Mm -hmm. we always focus on quality time, but I love how you said quantity time because it really does matter too. Having a five minute conversation does not (laughs) equate to a good quality or quantity time. So, and it does matter because you're going to need more and more as the kids get older, or at least we're finding out you need to have each other's back and be on, um, know each, how each other is approaching all these things that are coming into your, into your life as your kids getting older and, mm-hmm. and they're growing up and they're asking more questions and they're <laughs> just living different lives as they get older. So uh, let's move into that part of it, then parenting and after adopting in the, in the child's place with you and things are getting hard because especially early on, you're not sleeping and mm-hmm. uh, you're getting that stress on you. Um, certainly mm-hmm. you can try to focus on date nights, but that's, it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. I think when you get kids and then more kids and they get older and all these things are getting thrust upon you and how do the, how do you focus on that? I mean, do you, try to put it on the calendar you make it happen once a month or how do you make that quality or quantity time happen mm-hmm. this is going to differ in application for many parents based on age of children and the stage of life that they're in but the basic underlying foundational concept for all of it is you make time for each other so whether that means that you have that set bedtime of 7 30 p.m and that's when your kids are going to go to their room and lay down. You adhere to that every night so that you and your spouse can have that two hours, three hours before bed together. Or maybe that's that you do set a Saturday afternoon and evening every week or every other week. Whatever it is and whatever work for both of you, commit to it. And know, and re- I mean, have that conversation of this is something that's important. So how do we prioritize it? Last year during 2020, um, our date nights got totally thrown out of the, <laughs> yeah, out of the <laughs> everything, right? Like all of it did. And we could feel it. And yeah. we were together more than ever before, but we were not focused on each other because it was, it was a lot. It was, everything was kind of up in, up in the air and the schedules and routines that we had were off. Well, the, there's a reason that routines work for babies and toddlers and adolescents because we crave routines. We want to expect what's coming. We want to know what's expected of us so that we can show up and be our best self. Don't stop doing that in your marriage as well. There should be a routine, a time, a habit that you set of being together. That even, even if it is for the early morning people, maybe we're going to wake up and have coffee together every morning for 30 minutes before the kids wake up. But I highly recommend it's a time for both of the parents, for the husband and the wife, away from the children. They, I mean, they can be in the same house, but have them doing something else, focused on something else or sleeping so that you can really just focus on positive interaction and communication with each other. Yeah. And it's super important, I think, with adoption because you need to mm-hmm. talk about the things that are specific to adoption. And what I mean by that is like in our situation, anyway, we told our kids and I recommend doing everybody doing this that they were adopted from as, as early on as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is how do we do that? When we started, we started telling them their adoption story, at least little bits as they get older at nighttime. So like when we're putting them to bed, we're just telling them a quick little story. Hey, do you hear, you know, want to tell the story of you and how we learned mm-hmm. about you and how we met you and how we, 
So we just, that was what we were on the same page about, or I hate to use the word same page, but we discussed that, like how we're going to tell them their adoption stories. And then as they get older, we have those conversations too. Okay, okay, this is coming up in school. How are we going to deal with the, the family tree issue or, you know, the things mm. that come up in school we have yeah. to deal with right away. And some of those things you just can't see, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, you don't know to talk about them until, Oh, they're right here at your doorstep. And now I got to talk about them. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's important, at least it has been for us to know that some of these adoption situations and conversations are, are going to need to be discussed. And especially with the kids birth parents, and it comes to openness and adoption it's important for, uh, and this show is all about domestic infant adoption. So lo- most people are going to have those ado- open adoption relationships, and it's the same thing. It's it's a lot of communication. It's it's a lot of respect for your kids' birth parents, and but as you as a couple need to make sure you're talking about it before those questions start coming out in your kids. So as we wrap up here, Kimberly, I, I love this conversation. I think we could we could have probably another couple of podcasts about it. But what I want you to, or want to ask you is, what are some of the best ways that folks, um, after you adopt, so your baby's coming home, and the and you're stressed, and you're trying to make time. And maybe you are trying to make time and your, your spouse is going, ah, I just, I'm too tired. Or, you know, you get to at night, the kids are put in bed and your spouse falls asleep in a, in the chair. I have not been guilty of that at all, really. <laughs> but you're trying to make this time and it's not happening. I mean, do you kind of go back to, again, that core thing of like, hey, this is important to me. You start asking him, like, how come we can't come up with time to talk? That's a place to start for sure. And with that, you know, I, I probably wouldn't go into it with why can't we make time to talk because I don't know that that's going to lend to the most productive <laughs> conversation, but, but wording it in a way like, Hey, I have noticed that we haven't been connecting or talking as mm. much lately. What are some ways that we can really make sure that we do that? And then having it be a brainstorming conversation with the two of you. So don't go into it attacking or criticizing, but just go into it with, Hey, here's, here's what I'm seeing. What, how can we work on this together? And that's really going to go back to cultivating that team mindset and helping you solve, solve the issue together. But it, you know, there are some just, especially if this is the first child for many of the, of the listeners, then realize that the first crisis that most couples go through is the birth of the first child or the bringing home of the first child. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because now you've had, I mean, up until now, you've had all of the time in the world for each other. And now there's going to be someone else demanding your time. And I would say even more so with adoption, because you also have to learn to attach to your child. And so now there's all of this and you're wanting to be a great parent and you're wanting to do this right. And you're wanting to meet all of their needs for them. And it's kind of even more pressure. And so realize that's normal, but also realize that the way that you get through that is the things we've talked about by really changing your mindset. I had to do this. I do. I still do this. 
when my husband and I disagree about something, when we're not on the same page, I remind myself, we are on the same team. I'll even say that if we're disagreeing about something out loud, I'll say, remember, we are on the same team. Mm -hmm. So how do we figure out how to do this together? How do we get your needs met? How do we get my needs met? How do we get sleep? How do we help (laughs) each other? And just make sure that you are showing up for your spouse, that you are asking what you need from your spouse in a way that is not accusatory or defensive or critical, and then working towards being on the same team. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I might have to go listen to this whole episode again just to make sure. Yeah, we're doing it correctly and we're, we're understanding each other and, and we're a team. But team is very important. I agree with that. And it, it really affects your kids. As, as your kids are getting older and they realize you are on the same team, you got each other's back, that mm-hmm. does affect them and how they... Um, I mean, kids can try to, you know, all sorts of things to try to get their way. But if you know you're on the same team and you've got each other's back, that's huge. My four-year-old has figured this out. (laughs) He is early as four. He says, if he asks me and I say no, he'll go to daddy. Daddy, can Uh I? And so we have had to learn even now of, hey, we'll ask each other across the, the house from each other. Hey, did you say if Arrow, that's our sense could you just, did you say if Arrow could have whatever? It was probably a Reese's peanut butter cup. I told him no. Oh, daddy said no. So we have to, we, our message has to mimic each other. It, we can disagree behind closed doors right. and try and figure it out. But when we walk out, we have to be a unified front regardless. You have to. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. Yes. All right. Well, we are going to wrap up here and I want to make sure folks know how to get a hold of you and uh, see the good stuff that you're doing and working with other folks. So how can folks get a hold of you? Yes, absolutely. You can find out more for what we do at, for marriages at marriagehelper.com. There's a ton of stuff there that you can download or look through. We also have a YouTube channel called youtube.com slash marriage helper. And then I have a podcast as well that people could listen to called It Starts With Attraction, where they can listen to anywhere that they're listening to this podcast, which is all about becoming the best that you can be as an individual so that you can show up and be better in the relationships that you have in your lives. Yeah. And you got a ton of stuff on marriagehelper.com, articles, videos, like you said, you've got, um, you do coaching, um, you got workshops you guys Mm -hmm. do. There's just a ton of stuff on there. So if you're listening to this and you don't still like, you got questions, you don't understand what to do or where to go or how to make a better communication with your spouse, go on marriagehelper.com and uh, you can connect with uh, Kimberly and her folks there at that website. So thank you so much for joining me. A great topic. Uh, I've learned some things and I'm sure the folks listening have learned some things too. So thank you for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Tim. I loved being here. All right. Great interview with Kimberly Holmes. Wow. I just uh, learned so much. I will probably will have to go back and listen to this just to uh, grasp all the good nuggets of information that she left us uh, of how to really connect with your spouse uh, before, during, and after the adoption journey. I hope you got a lot out of that as well. Um, Go to marriagehelper.com to get more information and to connect with Kimberly and her team. A lot of great stuff there, as we talked about. 
And all that will be in the show notes at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 87. And if you have, if you're on the adoption journey, or maybe you're just starting and you're not sure where to go or how to find the right adoption professional for you, I invite you to go to findmyadoptionagency.com. This is where I will help you find your agency so you can adopt faster, you can reach your dream faster, and you can choose the right adoption agency for your journey. Even if you found one and you feel like, nah, this agency is not really working well for us, go check it out anyway. Findmyadoptionagency.com. You can get my free guide that goes you helps you through the four-step process to find the right adoption agency and choose the one that is the most ethical one, the one that communicates well, the one that you can trust well. And we actually have a course on this as well. If you want to dive in even deeper, we have a course dedicated to helping you go step by step by step all through this process. And that course uh, you can find at findmyadoptionagency.com as well. Um, just if it's a video-led course, you can go through it um, slowly at your pace. I've had uh, other adoptive families go through it and just love the fact that it saves you time and you feel good and solid about your choice of an agency. We just give you a lot of stuff inside that course. So findmyadoptionagency.com where you can get all that information about finding your adoption agency. And until next time, you will be in my prayers as you go on your journey to adopt the baby you've been thinking about and building your family through adoption. So God bless. Thanks for listening to my dad.